and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So hello folks and welcome to a special episode from the Sales Chat Show. As regular listeners will know, I normally begin the episodes by saying I'm in the Sales Chat Show studio with my esteemed colleagues, Mr. Phil Jessen and Mr. Graham Jones. But unfortunately, Professor Jones is not available today because of academic responsibilities. But I do have Mr. Jessen, who is without a doubt an incredible expert and leading expert, I would say, in the world of key account management. So I thought I would take this opportunity to interrogate Phil um, about his specialist topic. So this is the second in a series of five linked episodes around the five key principles of key account management. This is episode number two, which is being an expert in the customer's world. So Phil, being an expert in our customers' world sounds great. Practically, how do we go about it? Uh, the uh, the full title, I think, is if you are an expert in the customers' world, uh, you never have to sell again. Oh, that's they, quite a bold promise. Because what basically happens is that you your expertise is being rewarded and the customer just keeps giving you more and more business, saying, well, do you do this or can you look at that? Um, to answer your question directly then, uh, Simon, it's all about, of course, making sure that we really <clears throat> understand the customer's world, not just the customer's business. This is not just about their products and their markets. This is having a look at their website. It's also tracking what's being said about them in the media. Uh, it's really going into a lot of depth, having a look at what their key people are saying it's making sure that you've got contacts with them where you can on LinkedIn and other platforms like that. But let me just give you a, a, an acid test on this one, because this will test our listeners' um, skills, really, and current state of play on this issue about are you an expert? You, you have to imagine that you are going to visit um, one of your existing customers for a review meeting about what's happening next year. And when you get there, uh, horror of horrors, a couple of decision makers have gone and a couple of new people are in. And one of those new people uh, looks you in the eye. You are the account manager and you've been working with them for the last three years, let's say. Uh, and one of the new uh, decision makers says, well, before we start looking at your agenda, uh, I know you've been working with us now for three years. Um, I'd just like you to do a 10-minute presentation to us as a team uh, on your understanding of our business. Uh, where have we been in the past? Uh, where are we going in the future? Um, how are we going to get there? And where do you think you can add value along the way? And I often ask that question and create that scenario for account managers. And guess what? They go rather quiet and rather pale <laughs> because many of them would know that they cannot actually do that. However, when 
when an account manager gets to a level of being able to capture that information on a one-page format, which you, Graham, and I often refer to as strategic bridges, a very simple diagram, exactly as we've just looked at it there. On the left, where is the customer now? On the right, where are they going? And in the middle, how do they intend to get there? And where can you add value along the way? But having got that one-page understanding, let's say, yes, that should be that should be included in the presentation. It should be slide number one. If you're putting together a written proposal, it ought to be page number one with everything else almost positioned as an appendix sitting beyond that. Uh, just one other thing that I'll say about this uh, area, Simon, because I know you've got some comments about it as well, is that... If we are an expert in the customer's world, the number of meetings that you need to have with them reduces. You don't need to go there as frequently as you used to because it tends to revolve around an annual piece of work called the customer's business plan. So if as an account manager you are putting in quarterly reviews, one of those, in my view, ought to be called the annual strategic review, timed, of course, ahead of the customer's business year. And if you are having a meeting, a quarterly meeting, but now it's called an annual strategic review, uh, guess what? All of the right people will attend that meeting and some of the senior people that you might not be bumping into on a regular basis because they can't be bothered to attend a routine meeting when you turn up, they will turn out for what has been billed as an annual strategic review. That is the sort of meeting where the original decision makers will turn out, uh, even though they may have delegated to, to their right-hand man or their right-hand woman uh, thereafter. And I think that links back to the the first episode in this series about working as a partner, doesn't it? About yeah. having that level of contact and relationship in in in, the, in yeah. the customer. And I think we, you know, we did a whole sales chat show episode. I think Phil around selling once a year, as you describe yes. it, right? You only have to That's sell right. once a year when you're in those strategic bridges. I would just say to all the listeners, you know, Phil Phil taught it to me many many years ago and i've been doing some key account management a big key account management initiative with a with a multi-billion dollar uh, company here in the uk and it's really interesting the strategic bridges concept has been one of the things that has really captured the imagination of their key account management population how how powerful it is to have the customer strategy on one page showing how you can help for example but also sometimes the customer needs help in working out what they what they should be what they should be doing. A couple of other things, Phil, a couple of other frameworks that I've found really useful is to to get people to do a really good pestle analysis, you know, political, economic, uh, technological, legal, environmental. These are the influences on the customer's organization, the external influences. Then a SWOT analysis from the customer's perspective. What does the customer see as their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats? Not your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities from the customer's perspective. And I think strategic bridges is the the third, the third yeah. one in there. But also, if you want to be to to link back to episode one, you want to be seen as a partner, not a transactional supplier. If you want to get into the C suite, you want to get into senior managers. 
those pestle forces, that swap, those are sort of things that they're thinking about on a regular basis that is then informing their strategy. So if you've got that level of awareness and knowledge, you can have partner-style conversations, not transactional supplier-led mm. conversations. And I think yeah. that, that's a really – you can when I do these – we do the workshops using these kind of elements. You can really see the light bulbs coming yeah. on above, above yeah. people's heads where they go, I don't know. I don't know that. I, how, mm. Oh gosh, how are they, how are the customers, how are the customers responding to that? But I would certainly endorse very strongly. I think strategic yeah. bridges as a key, as a key part of that. Yeah. I, w- I once worked with the, the distribution side of a major tire company and they were very intrigued by the idea of carrying out these sort of strategic bridges workshops with their top 10 customers. So under the leadership of the sales director, a guy called Steve, uh, they set out to do a strategic workshop off site, taking half a day, often with nice refreshments on the table or concluding with a nice lunch or something. And of the 10 times that they attempted to do it, seven of their key accounts went ahead and did it. And that's very interesting in itself. Mm. So picture the scene. There you are now with your team of three or four from different departments and interests working with the customers, three or four people, in a highly interactive, rolled-up sleeves manner, having a few laughs, discussing a few challenges and problems, working together on flip charts and whatever, and adding value. Because as you've pointed out, what you're actually doing is helping the customer to see the wood from the trees and helping them identify a low number of very important points that illustrate where they are now, where they're going in the future, how they intend to get there and where we can add value along the way. And imagine how frustrating that would be for your competitors who are struggling to get past reception at the moment. And there's you on an annual basis doing a major strategic bridges review off-site with your customer and using that one page, one year or more template to guide what happens in the months that follow. I mean, I think also, Phil, as well as as that annual process, if anything changes for the customer or they have market changes or problems or issues or they do, guess who they phone, first of all, to say, can you come in and have a meeting with us? We'd like to discuss. And you become that trusted advisor, whatever. I know that's a slightly overused expression, maybe. Uh, A a good friend of mine, John Phillips, calls it being in the customer's useful box. It's like a metaphoric box they've got in their desk drawer where they have useful or you're on speed dial right it's phil jesson first person i'm going to call we're a bit stuck you call in and then you've first mover advantage haven't you you're ahead on the previous episode we've talked about partnership indicators and you've just covered two or three there uh, in the one go being in the customer's useful box is an indicator being on a speed dial is an indicator being the first port of call or whatever language you want to do uh, that is an indicator, isn't it? Uh, another thing about having a meeting with a customer, of course, is that if you are working with a strategic bridges template after the meeting, you'd update the template and send back the new version because there should be nothing really on that 
top view of a strategic bridges diagram uh, that is unknown to either side. Yeah. Uh, you, both sides need to know what that actually is designed to say. And I think that's a very useful thing to do, to actually have a meeting where strategic bridges as a diagram is on the table during the meeting. And if it needs to be updated after it, uh, you do that and you send it through on an email within 24 hours. Wonderful. I mean, what a, I mean, you know, and I'm sure the listeners listening in are thinking that must be a powerful place to be. Yes, it is. Yes, it, it is. is. And it can, it can absolutely be achieved. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where you've got that relationship to a great, to a great place. Well, Phil, thank you for that. So this was episode two in the five key principles of key account management, be an expert in the customer's world. The next episode, episode three is quality is what the customer says it is, which Phil and I are about to go and record for you folks. So look out for that one as it comes. There are over 250 uh, episodes in the Sales Chat Show back catalogue available from our website, saleschatshow.com, or from whichever podcast platform you prefer to get your episodes from. We're on all the major platforms. So hopefully you'll find a ton of really useful stuff there. In the meantime, Phil and I would like to wish you good luck and uh, good key account management, and we'll see you on episode number three. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 